Hey, hey, you're listening to the Journey with Janice podcast. Join me on the journey of pursuing Jesus, building our lives on the word, and seeing this world impacted with the love of God. The Journey with Janice podcast is part of the NRT Podcast Network. You can find my podcast and other great podcasts in the network at newreleasetoday.com. Be sure to follow me on Instagram at The Journey with Janice and check out my website, journeywithjanice.com. Hey, hey, besties. Thank you so much for tuning in to today's episode of Journey with Janice. I am so thankful that you are taking time out of your day wherever you are at, whatever you are doing to tune in to this podcast. I don't take it lightly. I'm so grateful and thankful for listeners all over the world. Fun fact, we have hit over 35 countries now, I think. We just added Spain to the roster, so welcome Spain. So fun to be a part of what God is doing in the earth. And I've been saying this a lot the last few weeks, especially as revival has just been breaking out all over the world, literally all over the world. I just posted a video, I think, yesterday on my Facebook of revivals that are just happening globally. It's a beautiful thing. And I keep saying, I'm so thankful that God chose me to be alive at this point in human history. And I used to joke around and say, like, I'm really thankful God didn't have me like alive before because I'm really grateful for like indoor plumbing and electricity and all of that. But I really am excited to be a part of what I believe is the generation that is going to see the return of Christ. My heart has just been so stirred in the word today. And even just now I was reading, I believe it was in gosh, where was I? I was somewhere in the New Testament, but it was talking about establishing your heart and how we need to keep our heart encouraged and hope filled for the return of Christ. I don't remember if I was in Thessalonians or first or the second Thessalonians or James. I don't remember. I've kind of been dancing all over scriptures today and God has just been reigniting this like first love, passionate fire inside of me for his word. And I remember like when I was first saved, I couldn't get enough of the word. And I've been very good about being disciplined in the word and things, but we all go through seasons where it's like we're doing it because we know we need it and because it's our daily bread and because we know it's living and active and we need to renew our minds with the word of God, but there is just something shifting. And I don't believe it's just me. I'm seeing it in a lot of my friends and things too, where God is just reigniting that passion and that fire inside of us. So if you have not caught that fire yet, I am believing that God is going to release that over you today. I'm decreeing and declaring and prophesying that over you, that God would awaken that passionate fire that just literally consumes you because our God is an all-consuming fire. And I believe that he wants to consume every part of our heart, our mind, our being our lives. And so I'm just so thankful for this awakening that is happening in the world. And even like looking back, God is just showing me how this just been uh, the prayer of my heart for a few years now, because when God had me start a ministry a few years ago, our mission, our mission statement was awaken, reignite, and expand. And the vision God gave me was awakening people in the body of Christ to reignite their God-given gifts, their first love passion to expand the kingdom. And that I believe is unfolding. It has been. I've been seeing it, you know, as I've been stepping out into ministry things and just living in the in the world and just being surrounded by fiery, faith-filled believers and just seeing people come alive to the reason they were created. And I love what my pastor said a few weeks ago at church. He said, revival is coming alive to the reason you're alive. And I feel like I might have like 
paraphrase that, call that the JRV, the Janus Regal version, but revival is coming alive to the reason you're alive. God created all of us with a purpose and a plan. And I love Jeremiah 29, 11, for I know the plans I have for you declares the Lord plans to prosper you, not to harm you, to give you a hope and a future. And I feel like God is putting something inside of people in this hour that has been missing. And it is a hope for the future. And that's what my friend Anna and I were talking about a few nights ago, that God is igniting that hope for a future because so many of us, and I say us just generally across the board, people in general, believers and non-believers alike, have been in this place of like hope deferred, of hopelessness and just like, what's the meaning of life? Why why do I exist and all these things? And I feel like, I don't feel like I know, God is igniting hope inside of people And the word even says that to return to your stronghold, you prisoners of hope. And I want to be captivated by hope. We know that faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not yet seen. So are you looking through life with the eyes of faith? Are you seeing as he sees and God continually reminds us, me personally, especially come up higher, come up higher, see things the way I do. God is seeing things from a different vantage point than what we do with our natural eyes. And so I say that at times, God, open my eyes. I want to see the way you see. And I love that the word says that we are joint heirs with Christ, that we are seated with Christ in heavenly places. And that is a place that is far above all principalities and powers and rulers of darkness. Like when he, when Jesus was raised from the dead and he ascended, God seated him at the right hand. He is at the right hand of the Father interceding for us. <laughs> Selah with that. Think about that for a minute. God has seated Jesus in a place of authority at his right hand. And he is making intercession for you. Jesus is praying for you. He is your mediator to God the Father. He made a way at the cross so that we could have that relationship with God. And and even earlier, I was just meditating on how for the joy set before him, he endured the cross. And that joy that was set before him was me. That joy that was set before him was you. And he knew that he had to pay that price at the cross to be able to reconcile what sin had stolen and to bring us back into relationship with God the Father. And so I'm so thankful for that. And so I want to encourage your hearts to know that you can go to God directly yourself. In the book of Hebrews, it says that we can come boldly before the throne room of grace. You do not have to go to your pastor or a friend or someone who you think is quote unquote more spiritual than you to go to God for you. Yes, we need each other. Yes, let's pray for each other. Let's encourage each other in the Lord. Let's share the word of God and declare the word of God over each other. But go to God directly for yourself. You don't need a mediator besides Jesus. He is the mediator to God the Father. And so I'm just seeing all of these things happen in this hour. And unless you're living under a rock, you've probably been seeing it too or catching vision or, you know, seeing visually what's happening through videos that people are posting and things of what God is doing and all these revivals all over the place. I know I have several friends who have testified, have gone down to Asbury and been a part of it. One of my friends, God supernaturally healed, did a miracle in her body, healed her lungs, and just so many different testimonies are coming out. And it's beautiful. It's such a beautiful thing. And and I've been studying myself in 1 Corinthians 12 about the body of Christ. And in that chapter, it talks about how there should not be any division in the body of Christ. And just being honest, every time I have read that, I've always thought about like the body of Christ, like 
my church where I attend. Like, and I pray that a lot over my church, Lord, let there be a spirit of unity. Let there not be any division. We come against the spirit of division in Jesus name that we would operate with the spirit of unity. But God is just like expanding, like my vision with that verse and my just knowledge, I guess you could say to know that it's not just about my church where Janice attends every Sunday morning, my local church. I believe that all of us as believers should be plugged in and a part of a local body of believers. We need that. That's biblical. That's wisdom. So many things I could say about that, but just throwing that out there. But God was just showing me like, it's the body of Christ as a whole, Janice. It's not just your church. And it's so easy to get into a rut of like, division because we see denominations. I mean, my hometown alone, I'm a very small town girl, okay? And there's like six or seven churches just in this town. And that doesn't mean that we're all divisive or whatever, but there is a beautiful thing when there's unity in the body of Christ and denominational like walls fall down. And that really was the start of my own ministry in 2019, 2018. When was it, Lord? Somewhere back in then. I had organized a women's get together at a local coffee shop and I noticed there was like 40 women there, six different churches. And I was like, ah, God just gave me his heart for the body of Christ. And like, this is what it should look like. It shouldn't matter what church we go to. It shouldn't matter where we choose to worship on Sunday morning. And the Lord has just shown me this because I'm preparing a message for my church. So you guys are getting a little bit of like (laughs) a teaser, I guess you could say a little snippet of what I'm going to be speaking about. But ultimately that those things don't matter what really matters is, are you a believer? Are you born again? Are you not? Because it's not about, are you Baptist? Are you Methodist? Are you assembly of God? Like it matters. Are you born again or not? Because we are not going to get to heaven because of our denominational affiliation. Okay. We are not going to get to heaven and say, I was a member of a local church. Yes. I pray that everybody on here, like I already said is, but that is not your ticket to salvation. Your ticket to salvation is the blood of Jesus and the fact that you have been born again. The Bible says that unless you're born again, you will not inherit the kingdom. And so we have to be born again. So what does that mean? That means we give our lives to Jesus. We surrender. We crucify our old man and we live for him. And so if you have not experienced that, if you have not given your life to Jesus, I pray more than anything out of every episode that I have ever recorded, the most important thing that I could ever communicate is the need for you to be born again. The Bible says that today is the day of salvation. And the Bible says that if we confess with our mouth, Jesus is Lord and believe in our heart that God raised him from the dead, we will be saved. It really is that simple, accepting him and choosing to live your life. And I love Galatians 2.20. It says, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who lives, but Christ lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. And so this idea of just surrendering our lives to him saying, God, (laughs) I can't do this on my own. I was created to know you and I want to know you. And that is the most beautiful thing because all of us, the Bible says that it is appointed for a man to die once and then the judgment. So all of us will stand before God one day and we will give an account of our own life and what we did with our life. And, and, the, and the thing that is going to be, because there's so many, there's so many, we'll call them gospels with the lower G, okay? So many like ideas of like, how do I get to heaven if I do enough good works and all these things? No, the Bible says that our righteousness is as filthy rags. There's nothing we can do to earn salvation. It is not, it is not works. The Bible says it's by faith through grace we're saved, not of works, lest anyone should boast. What could we do? And I heard my pastor say this one time, what could we do that would be enough to earn 
God's love and salvation. We have his love because he loves us. He loves us with an unconditional, undying love. That love never changes. It's our response to that love. Are we going to choose to receive it and live it out? And so when we stand before him, the Bible says that he's either going to say, well done, my good and faithful servant, enter into rest, like come in, you are welcome here. Or he's going to say, depart from me, I never knew you. And that is the sobering reality of the truth of the gospel of the holy word of God, God's holy word, the Bible, because we are fed a false narrative. We are fed a false gospel, especially for my listeners in America, that it's like, as long as I'm a good person, I'm going to heaven. And that is a lie that I believed for so long. And God had to renew my mind, transform my thinking through his word as I read his word, which is infallible and it's incorruptible. It's true. It's living and active. And I love that the Bible is useful for correcting. The Bible says that The word of God is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. And so when we read the word, we adjust our lives to the word of God. We don't pick and choose what part of the Bible we want to believe or whatever. It's fullness. We believe it in its fullness. And so do you know God? Do you know him intimately? Are you walking with him? It's not about all the good things you can do because you can never earn his love through good works. Our good works are a response to his love. We do what we do for him and with him because we love him. The Bible says if we love him, we'll obey his commands. If God tells me to go down to the local grocery store and pray for someone, I'm going to get in my car and go because I love him. It's not because, oh, I got to stay in right standing with God in this. No, God is not like that. God is gentle. God is kind. He is love. But love rejoices in the truth. And so that's why I'm sharing all of this today because I believe, honestly, it wasn't even what I planned on talking about when I started recording, but I believe someone needs to hear it, that your works need to be a response to your love to God, not a way to try to earn his love because you already have his love. So what are you doing in this hour? What are you doing in the earth? Are you living your life according to his plan for your life? Are you hearing his voice and responding? And so many times we grapple with the will of God. God, what is your will? What is your will? And we know that more than anything, our will is his will for our lives. Our will for our lives is to know him. Are you walking in intimacy with him? And that is something like I spent several years, honestly, just tucked away in the secret place with him. And I really didn't want to come out of that place. And that is a place that we're all called to abide in, to abide in the secret place of the most high God. But like, I didn't have a quote unquote, like public ministry. I wasn't going out and speaking and writing books and doing podcasts and doing TV interviews and all these things that God has me doing in this season of my life. And I really, to be honest, like I wanted to do it. My desire was for those things because he, he called me to, but my desire more than anything was just to be with him. Because when you experience the tangible presence of God, there is nothing like it. There is nothing like it. And in the greatest moments of our lives and experiences that we could have in those those highs of life don't compare to being in his presence to being with him and so I was like lord I will come out of this season of being hidden away and tucked away in the secret place but I do not want to do it without your hand and anointing on everything that I do um because otherwise what's the point The Bible says that unless the Lord builds, we labor in vain. And so I've been very intentional. And I feel like that I'm sharing this because someone needs to hear it and be reminded too, 
to be intentional to build with the Lord. Don't build for him, build with him. If he's not building with you, you're laboring in vain. And there's no anointing and grace on the things that he hasn't called you to. So I encourage you to take time to sit with him and say, God, what are you, call- what are you calling me to in this season? What do you have for me right now in this season, in this even this week and this day and this moment, God, what are you calling me to? And I believe that there is like a clarion calling going out, call going out right now from the Lord. Return to the secret place. Return to the secret place. And even when God was launching me out into some ministry things a few years ago, one thing he said, and it was just like the cry of his heart to me was do not abandon the secret place because I want to be like the wise virgins, the parable of the virgins, the 10 virgins, five had kept oil in their lamps and five didn't. And when the bridegroom came, which signifies the return of Christ, which goes back to the beginning of this whole conversation, Jesus is coming back. When the bridegroom came, five of them are ready. They had oil in their lamps. And I really believe that oil is intimacy. I really believe that because when the five went in that had the oil and the door was shut and then the other five came later knocking on the door wanting to get in, they couldn't get in. And the bridegroom said, I don't know you. So what was the difference? It was knowing him. It was intimacy. And so more than anything in this hour, be intimate with the Lord. Spend time with him. If you are so busy that you do not, and this is a word for me too, because trust me, if y'all follow my life at all, I, I am a very busy person. But if you are so busy that you do not have time to sit with the Lord, to get into the word of God, to worship him, to hear from heaven, then you are too busy and busyness has become an idol. And I have broken that off myself so many times because busyness can become an idol and it can be a thing of where we feel like if we're doing all these things that we're doing what we're supposed to do. But the reality is, Sometimes we get caught up doing stuff that God never asked us to do. And that's something that only you and the Lord can can know. You're going to have to go to him for that. And that goes right back to Jesus being your mediator. Go to him. The word says in James, I was reading in James earlier today, and it says, if we lack wisdom, ask. So ask him, God, is there anything on my calendar? Is there anything that I'm doing that really is a distraction and that you haven't even asked me to do? And he is so good and so faithful. And I promise you, he's going to show you. He is going to show you, but you have to be ready for the answer too. And there's so many times I think we hesitate to ask God to get real, to get vulnerable with him and say, God, what about this? Or what about that? Or show me this because we're afraid of the answer. Sometimes we already know, but God's going to validate that and he'll correct you if you're wrong. And it's just a beautiful thing to be able to walk in intimacy with him and to hear his voice. And I pray over anyone on here who is listening, if you do not hear his voice, if you're hearing me, just talk about God and his voice and him speaking. You're like, Janice, God has never spoken to me. I've never heard God speak to me. Start with reading the word of God. Read the word of God. Read the book of John. I always encourage people to start there. Get in the New Testament. Dig your heels deep into the word of God. The Bible says that I will hide your word in my heart that I would not sin against you. And so hiding his word in your heart just looks like reading it, meditating on it. I One thing I love doing is I journal the word of God. I have a journal and I will sit it beside me. And as I'm reading, if a scripture really just leaps out at me, I will write it down and I will read it out loud. Sometimes I have had times where I will write scriptures on index cards and put them up in like my bathroom, on my mirror or in my car or whatever. Or I will go on walks with 
scripture cards and I will just read them and meditate and memorize them so that we, that's just how I hide the word of God in my heart. I listen to it on audio in moments, maybe when I'm washing the dishes or getting ready in the morning and I can't, my eyes can't physically be in the Bible. I'm going to be listening to it because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And so I want to be a woman of faith. I want to be a woman who walks out in the fullness of everything God has for me. And his word is an anchor. His word is an anchor in my life and, and it needs to be. So we start there. We always start there because when we hear the voice of God, it always has to line up. That's one plumb. The word of God is our plumb line. If, if I hear something, because we have our own thoughts, we have the enemy's voice, which the enemy, trust me, he is trying to sound as much like the real thing as he can. He's a counterfeit and that's just who he is. So let's expose that. And then we have God's voice. And so sometimes it's like, God, is this me? Is this you? Is it the enemy? And it's like, when we know the word of God, well, first of all, if it doesn't line up with the word of God, we know right away that ain't God. But we learn his voice when we're intimate with him, when we're spending that time with him. And and I've become in this point in my life, very confident in the voice of God, because I've heard him speak to me over and over again. And I've watched his faithfulness. And at times it's stepping out and saying, oh, okay, Lord, I think this is you. So I'm going to step out. And sometimes that's, you know, him giving me a word for someone or showing me like, hey, this is going to happen. And I, and I hear that in my spirit and that still small voice. And then it happens and I'm like, okay, okay, this is all training me to hear the voice of God so that we can all get to a point where we're so confident in the voice of God. But sometimes it starts with baby steps and that's okay. It's okay. But the word of God does say, my sheep know my voice and they will not follow the voice of a stranger. And so I'm praying that your spiritual ears would be open to hearing him. I pray that over myself too. God, open my spiritual ears that I would hear you more clearly because I don't want to follow the voice of a stranger. I want to be about my father's business. I want his perfect will to, to, to play out in my life. Every moment of every day, I don't want a day to escape me that I'm not doing and being all that God created me for. And I love that the Bible says that he daily loads our life with benefits. So you can trust that. You can be confident in that. So I'm going to go ahead and pray because my prayer partner just got here and we're going to go on a prayer walk. So I'm going to pray over you. Again, feel free to reach out to me. Like I always say on social media at The Journey with Janice, go to my website, journeywithjanice.com. Would love to encourage your hearts in the Lord. I have a ton of resources, blogs, videos, books, all the things on my website. So check that out. Father God, I thank you so much for this episode. God, I thank you for what you're doing in this hour. God, I thank you that we get to be a part of what you are doing. God, I thank you for the revival fire that is sweeping across the land. I thank you for everything, God, that you have planned and purposed for my life and for the life of every listener on here. God, I speak your life and blessing over them today. God, I pray that you would increase our spiritual hearing and our eyesight, God, that we would do everything that you have created us for, nothing more and nothing less in Jesus' name. Amen.